Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now look at verse 6, please. Jesus responds, My time is not yet come, but your time already is. Or your time, what is it? It's always ready. Y'all ain't got to yell at me. (laughs) My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. Jesus, listen close, is always aware of one single fact. What's that, Rodney? Write this down. He is on a divine timetable. And that's unusual for Jesus because think about where he came from. Jesus came from the realm of no time. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Time did not exist where he came from eternity. Where he came from in eternity, eternity, time is now. But when Jesus came to the earth, he entered the realm of time. He entered the realm of day planners. He entered, entered the, the, the realm of iCal. He entered the realm of schedules. And now he's entered the realm of time and space. And he's been bound for 33 years. But listen, every day of those 33 years, he humbly walked with the Father. And he lived his life on a heavenly timetable. So he said, they said, did you get this? Jesus showed yourself, Jesus said, not now. My time has not yet come. Now, in the gospel of John, you will see this phrase, my time has not yet come seven times. John 2, 4, John 7, 6, John 7, 30, John 8, 20, John 12, 23, John 13, 1, and then finally in John 17, 1, he says, my hour has come. Now listen close. When Jesus talks about the hour, he's not talking about 60 minutes. He's talking about the hour or the time to die. Don't you get it? The babe born in Bethlehem came to die. He didn't come to be cute. He didn't come to be a cute little baby in the manger. He came to grow up, to walk on the earth. To be hated, that's kind of where we are right now. To be persecuted, to be beaten, to be hung on a cross, and then to breathe his last breath, and to die, and to be buried, and then three days later to rise again. That's the plan. That was the plan on way back eternity past. That's why Jesus, when he says, my time, because he knows what's going on. They don't know. He knows. It's not time for that yet. 
It's not time for me to show myself openly. And this is why Jesus hung out in Galilee and not Jerusalem. It's not because he was afraid. He wasn't afraid. Everything was in his control. He came to die. It wasn't time to die yet. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and go to John. Go turn quickly. Turn quickly. We got to look at this. Look at John 12. You got to see this. John 12. John 12, 27, 28. Look at John 12. Turn quickly. John 12, 27, 28. You looking at verse 27? Say amen. And now my soul is troubled, Jesus said. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for the purpose, for this purpose, I came to this what? Our Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Listen, here in John 12, Jesus feels the time approaching. He knows here in 12, you'll get this as we get through John. You're going to get this. I'm going to make sure you get it. It's the last thing I do, I tell you. I'm going to make sure you get it. You can feel it. The animosity growing. You can feel it. The antagonism growing. You can feel it. The hatred growing. And you can feel it. Jesus knows it. So now here in chapter 12, my soul was troubled. Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. He feels it. It's coming. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Mute. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. Come on, y'all. Hebrews 12, too. Do, do, do we have that on the screen? Do I have, a, do I have that verse or no? I guess I don't. I'll read it to you. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand. I do have it. Come on, read it for me. I need a break. The author and... Come on, read it like you mean it. And it's set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew he was going to the cross. The Bible says Jesus endured the cross. He didn't enjoy the cross. He endured the cross knowing what would be the result of the cross. And that would be our salvation. Jesus is very aware of God's timing. And wouldn't it be awesome if we were aware of God's timing? Wouldn't that be awesome? Do you know timing is everything in the kingdom? Timing is everything for the Christian. Timing is everything. How many things you could avoid in your life if you wait? People get married too soon because they won't wait on God. People get into jobs too soon because they won't wait on God. They take that job and God said, I had one right over there for you if you had just waited a week. Wait, I say, on the Lord, wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But we need to wait on the Lord. And sometimes God puts something on your heart 
and you don't see it happen for years. And then sometimes God puts something on your heart and you see it happen next week. Jesus is keenly aware of the time, divine timetable. And Jesus had an appointed time pre-written in eternity past to intercept the cross. And he had to do it exactly at the right moment. The moment on the cross is the climax of history. It was going to the cross, uh, it was going to, the, to come off on schedule, going to the cross on time. And not a split second sooner, look at verse 6, draws this gulf between Jesus and his brothers as wide as infinity. Watch this. Jesus says, I'm on a divine timetable. You are not on any schedule at all. You can come and go as you please. Do anything you want to do when you want to do it. Now listen, if you're not a Christian, you only have one date to be concerned with. And that is a date of death. Listen, you're here today. You're not a Christian. This one's for you. If you're not a Christian, you've got one date to be concerned with. And that is the date of your death. A person without Christ, their whole life is random. Random sin, purposeless, pointless, going nowhere, meaning nothing. You have no divine timetable. You have a date that is already set written down in the book. Conversely, listen, if you are a Christian and part of the church of Jesus Christ, you are part of God's redemptive schedule. Your life is not your own, say amen. Your time is not your own, say amen. You're on God's time. Paul talks about in Ephesians, Paul talks about it in Colossians, that we are to redeem the time. The word redeem the time. The word redeem means to buy back. It means to buy back. How do you buy back the time? You buy back the time by giving time to the things of God. Whether it be by sharing or by serving in children's ministry or cleaning the bathrooms at church or preaching the gospel or sharing with your neighbor. Use the time you have to glorify God. If you're in the car, put in a good CD, a good teaching like mine, and then, and then get, and, and listen to it and get a good teaching, a CD, get good music. Buy back the time. Why? Because Jesus is coming. He's coming. I, I really believe that. And you got to be, you got to have your head in the sand not to look in the world and see that Jesus' return is soon. We live in a world where people are calling wrong right and right wrong. It's crazy out there. And because it's crazy out there, that's only more indicative to us that the return of the Lord is soon. And therefore, we need to buy back the time, redeem the time. Psalm 31, 15, David says, the psalmist, my times are in thy hands. Christians are so concerned with their eye cow, we need to redeem the time because heaven is near. Somebody once said, this life will soon be passed. Only what you do for Christ will last. Come on, clap your hands, because that's true. Only what you do for Christ will last. And I love serving the Lord. And I love buying back the time. And honestly, I'll tell you this, not for any other reason, but to tell you about buying back the time. Um, I about live here at this church. I love it here. 
I feel peace here. I come in this room when nobody's in here, and I sit right there, and I just pray, and I feel peace. Like I don't feel peace anywhere else. And I about live here, and I love serving here, and buying back the time and doing whatever I can to further the kingdom because I know Jesus is coming. And I want to be ready, and I want you to be ready, and I want everything to be right. So I came in here yesterday, and we had VBS last week, you know, and the stage where all the bushes were, uh, all these nice trees and stuff were in that room over there. And all these rocks, and, you know, we got rocks. You know, I never knew we had rocks until yesterday. I'm telling you, there's a lot of rocks. And so I went, I was like bringing stuff out because I realized nothing was on the stage. I'm thinking Sunday morning's coming. Satan loves to use Sunday morning to get chaotic and blah, blah, blah. Y'all wouldn't know, but sometimes it can be crazy. So I'm like, let me do what I can. I get all the, the bushes out, and I'm carrying all these bushes out. And we got a lot of bushes, too. And, um, and we got all these rocks, and I'm carrying all these rocks out, and I'm like, you know, man, there's a lot of rocks. And then Pastor Peter came in. The chairs were not, the people vacuumed. The chairs were not quite where they needed to be. Pastor Peter came in. Y'all know Pastor Peter is leaving as of the day. And Miss Claire came in to get some things, and I told him, y'all ain't left yet. Get in here and help me with this. <laughs> and uh, we just got to serving in here and talking and fellowship and loving, and that's buying back the time redeeming the time and doing things for the kingdom because in this life will soon be past, but only what you do for Christ will last. And that's the truth. Only what you do for Christ will last. Look for things to do for Christ. When they ask for children's ministry workers, be the first to put up your hand. When they need VBS people to help out, be the first to put up your hand. Help out with the VBS for a week. It'll be the longest week in your life, but do it. <laughs> but do it, because what you do for Christ will last. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. <laughs> Love one of them kids. And Jesus said, look at verse 7. We got to wrap it up. The world can't hate you. Interesting. Jesus says to his disciples, the world cannot hate you. In other words, you can come and go, and anybody, and nobody's going to bother you. If I go to Jerusalem, then there's an all-points bulletin out on my life to kill me. Why? Because I tell them the truth about themselves. The world loves its own, and the world doesn't persecute his own. Now, when the Bible talks about the world, I'm going to make this quick. The Bible is talking about the world's system. Not the cosmos, but the world's system that is anti-Christ and anti-God. Are you hearing me? World system, anti-Christ and anti-God. MSNBC. CCBS. What another one? ABC. Good morning, America. Don't you realize that all of that is propaganda and anti-God, anti-Christ? It's the world system. God looks at the world system and says it's corrupt, it's dangerous, it's polluted. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, write it down. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Mine. One writer says it like this. The world wants to change your mind so it exerts pressure from without. The Holy Spirit 
changes your mind by releasing power from within. If the world controls your thinking, you're a conformer. But if God controls your thinking, you're a transformer. The Bible has a lot to say about the world, and it's all bad. John 15, 19, come out the world. 1 John 2, 15, don't love the world. 1 John 5, 4, overcome the world. Galatians 6, 14, die to the world. James 4, 4, whoever is a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. The world hates Christians. I'm trying to help you. The world hates Christians, and Christians should hate the world. Now, I'm not talking about hating your neighbor at the office. Don't y'all go out of here saying, Pastor Ronnie said hate you, so I'm going to hate you. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about hate the world system. You got it. Hate the world system because it's anti-God. They have propaganda to cause you to think, to cause you to change your philosophy, cause you to accept things and tolerate things that are against the B-I-B-L-E. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the Christian should hate the world, and the world should hate the Christian. And you shouldn't be friends with people in your office who don't know God or people at school who don't know God. You shouldn't be friends with them. They, they yucking it up on Monday morning. What y'all been, oh, we, we went to a party. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we got, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did this, we did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Let me tell you about this joke. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go have a seat at my desk. Hey, everything all right? I mean, you ain't laughing and everything like that. Well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm really, that's not quite my thing. Really? It's not your thing? Really? No, I'm a Christian. And before you know it, God's given you an opportunity to redeem the time and share. But you can't be one with the world and expect to have opportunity to share Christ with the world you got to be separate from the world. Come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Are you getting me? Because if you're a friend of the world, you can't be a friend of God. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write that. God said that. You can't be a friend of God and a friend of the world. We need to love God and hate the world the evil system, the world system. Question, what does the world think of you? I mean, really, ask yourself, what does the world, now you know what I mean by the world, the world. People don't know God, world is antichrist, anti-God. What does the world think of you? Does the world hate you? Or are you kind of snuggly and warm and fuzzy and comfortable in the world? I'm not talking about do you like a day at the beach. We're talking about a system, a philosophy, a way of thinking. Look at verse 8 now. We got to come in for landing. Jesus told his disciples to go ahead up to the feast, and he said, I'm not going for my time. has not yet come for two reasons. Number one, it's not the right time. And number two, they will kill me, and it will be off schedule. So Jesus doesn't go with his brothers in the carpool. He goes in his own time. In verse 10, Jesus went up quietly 
and secretly. Remember the first time Jesus went up to Jerusalem? He, he went up, he made a ruckus. Remember that? He drove out the money changers. He said, don't make my father's house a den of thieves. This time he goes up quietly. And look at verse 12. And now they're complaining among the people. And the Greek word for complaining is whispering. They're saying, psst, psst. Have you heard about this guy named Jesus? Some say, oh yeah, he's a good guy. And some say, no, 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 on the contrary, he's a deceiver. I find it interesting that Jesus has so dominated the thoughts of these people that all they could talk about was Jesus, even though they hated him. Don't you love it? He made such a fantastic impression on the whole nation. Every time they got together, Jesus was the topic of discussion. Have you heard about Jesus? What Jesus? Jesus, Jesus. Who is he? He's that guy who claims to be God. Some say, yeah, I heard about him. I heard about him. He seems to be a good guy. Some say, no, 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 no. He's a deceiver. He deceives people. Now think it through. Think it through. A good man, good men don't claim to be God. Crazy people do. A deceiver might claim to be God, but deceivers can't do miracles. So they're both wrong. He's not a good guy, and he's not a deceiver. You want to know who he is in your own time? Look in John 6, 69. It says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Notice in verse 13, no one spoke openly or publicly for fear of the Jews because anyone who sided with, the, with, with Jesus was excommunicated. John 9, remember the blind man? And they asked his mom and dad, how do you... How do, you, how do you see? What's going on? How come he can see all of a sudden? And they were like, oh, we don't know. We don't know. Ask him. He's old enough to answer for himself. Ask him. They knew. That's their son. They knew, but they didn't want to answer for fear of the Jews, for fear of being excommunicated, because if you are excommunicated, then you have no social life, you have no business life, you have no economic life, nobody, you will be like dead to the community. So nobody would side with Jesus because they didn't want to be excommunicated. I leave you with this. What do you think of Jesus? At the end of the day, listen, that's going to be the only question that really matters. The only question that matters is what do you think? Remember, Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? Said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And some say you're Elijah, and some say you're that prophet, and some say lump you up with a bunch of other prophets, and some say you're Jeremiah. And then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter piped up and said, why thou art the son of the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, Peter, but my father, which is in heaven. The only thing that really matters is what do you say about Jesus? What do you say? Is he a good guy? Good teacher? Good moral man? A liar? Or deceiver? What do you think? Everyone has to answer that one question. And even, listen, if you say, I don't have to answer that question, 
you just answered the question. Am I right about it, saints? I'm going to wait while you clap your hands, because that's the truth. If you say I don't have the answer, you just answer. We all someday will stand before God. And I hope, and I pray, and I've given my life to hopefully helping you to understand Christ better. Simply. To know him, to love him. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good is what is required of thee. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. That's all God requires. And I hope that you uh, are learning and growing and that you have uh, concluded, like Peter, why thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.